How to fix common podcast recording problems. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 273. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm doing the series right now of helping you fix the common podcasting problems you may face. And if you will be at Podcast Movement 2016, please find me when I have my recorder because I want to hear from you what is a creative solution you have used to fix a podcasting problem that you have faced. And I'd love to include that in an episode I have coming up very soon. And if you'll be at Podcast Movement and don't have something to share, come say hi to me anyway. I'm sponsoring there. I have a booth. And if you haven't registered yet, use promo code SOCIETY to sign up over at podcastmovement.com. If this is any time after 2016, then please be sure to go to the website, theaudacitytopodcast.com, for any other promo code I might have available for the conference. Recording a podcast can have a lot of moving parts, so to speak, to it. A lot of things can go wrong. And what could happen is you could end up with noisy audio, corrupted audio, or audio that's missing altogether. It's really, really important that you test your recording setup, your software setup, your hardware setup, test everything, especially before you do anything extremely important. Test again before something really important. You don't want things to go wrong, but sometimes things do go wrong. So here are some solutions to these common podcasting problems, as well as some ways to avoid these problems in the first place. I want to talk to you about missing audio, corrupted audio, noise, and volume problems. If you would like to follow along in the show notes for episode 273, then go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash recording problems. First of all, missing audio. Whether through software or hardware, there's a chance that you're not recording everything you think you're recording. So here are some things to check to ensure that you don't miss any audio. Or if you are missing audio, you're doing something live and something isn't coming through the way you would expect it to, then check these things. Number one, can your tool record what you want? I've seen a lot of podcasters think recording Skype calls was as simple as using Audacity because Audacity records, so why can't it record a Skype call? But it's really not that simple. And the reason is that Audacity can only record from a single device. That's the same way for most other recording software. It records only one device at a time. So you'd need some other way to route and combine multiple audio signals together if you want to use Audacity or some other software. And whether you're using hardware or software, make sure that it can actually do what you want it to do and with the tools you have. With the Audacity example, if you really want to record your Skype call into Audacity, then you need another tool on top of that, something that can route your audio and the Skype audio into Audacity. That could be Loopback for the Mac, that could be Voice Meter for Windows, that could be something else. Number two, is everything properly connected? Ensure that cables are fully plugged in and that they are connected in the first place and that the apps that you need are running. 
if you have Skype recording software, keep it somewhere on the screen so you can see that it is always running while you're recording. If that thing disappears, then you know, oh, I might have lost the recording or it might have stopped recording. Number three, is everything on? I know this is that, did you turn it on kind of question, but it is important. The power, the mute, the volume, and many more things could be simple switches or knobs that might not be in their right place. And when they're not in their right place, then you could end up with missing audio. So do make sure that everything is turned on and muted or unmuted that needs to be. All the volume knobs are where they need to be. I highly recommend that you take a photo of any kind of hardware setup or screenshots of software setup or mark things on your equipment, put little stickers or markers or something like that so you know what volume knobs should be where, what should be pressed, what should be done with different things because it's often possible that something can come and mess up those things. It could be a pet, it could be a child, it could be you moved something around, you tweaked something, you changed something. So you want to know where to put those things back. Number four, are signals properly routed? Trace the cables and audio processing chain to ensure everything is going where it should be. You may even want to physically point at things and even talk out loud as you're working through this process. When it comes to a mixer, for example, the basic way the audio flows through a mixer is from the top down and then from the left to the right. So if you have a problem with your microphone, start at the top. Like, is the microphone plugged in? Is the gain knob turned up? Is there a single knob compressor, some kind of external compressor? Are there EQ settings to be concerned with? What about the auxiliary and FX sends or the balance or pan, the mute, the volume level or slider or knob or any of that? Then where is the main channel going? Follow that kind of chain And if you can, monitor at each step along the way to try and figure out where that problem is, what's missing at what point. Maybe everything is working on your mixer, but you listen through your recorder or you listen to your recording and you realize what you thought would get into the recording didn't. So you need to try and figure out why did it go through the mixer, but not to the recorder. Trace that line through. On the software side, ensure that your apps are looking at the right devices for inputs and outputs. I've seen this happen many times before with podcasters using Skype, Google Hangouts, Blab, anything like that. They may have their system set to use the correct input or output device, but they may not have that specific app set to use the correct input or output device. Some apps will default to whatever the system is using. Some apps have their own settings, so you need to check what that software is set to use for both its input and output to ensure it's doing the right thing. And if you have multiple layers going on, like a recording software and a voice over IP or live streaming software, ensure that these are all using the proper devices for inputs and outputs. These are different ways that you can solve missing audio problems. This isn't every potential solution out there. And if you have other solutions, I'd love to hear them. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash recording problems. Next, corrupted audio. It's horrible, absolutely dreadful to record audio and then discover that it's completely unusable due to some kind of corruption. It could be that there's so much noise in the background that it's unusable. It could be that it's so loud 
that it clipped and was completely unusable. It could be some other kind of weird corruption. And it can be really discouraging when something like that happens. So I really want you to try to avoid running into corrupted audio problems. So here are some things to check. Number one, if you're recording into a computer or maybe recording through your computer, like with live streaming or being interviewed or interviewing someone else, I suggest that you reboot your computer before you record. Whether you're on Windows, Mac, Linux, doesn't really matter. There's always the chance that something could start hogging resources on your computer and may not let go until you reboot your computer. I've seen issues with browsers or with extensions in those browsers or other apps that lock up or have certain scheduled processes or different things like that that could happen and a simple reboot then stops that and fixes it. Number two, quit as many background apps and processes as possible and don't run anything resource intensive. Especially watch out for things like synchronization tools, backups, indexing services, stuff like that that can not only hog the bandwidth, your internet connection, but could also hog resources from your computer. Those resources might be necessary for your computer to be able to process a live stream or record your audio. Or if nothing else, the more resources are available for your computer, probably the quieter it will be because it doesn't have to run its fans as high to keep itself cool. So try to reduce as many of those other things vying for your computer's attention. This is what caused a corruption early on in my days of podcasting that inspired me to switch my recording to an external dedicated audio device. I was running several processes on an old computer, recording into that computer, and there weren't enough system resources for the computer to do all this other stuff I was asking it to do and to record my audio. The result was my audio was corrupted. It had this constant in the background because it couldn't keep up with what was going on. If I had quit many of those background apps and processes before I started recording, then I would have had a clean recording and I would not have had to re-record it. Number three, unplug and reconnect digital audio interfaces. This is a weird one, but I've seen this happen several times. Sometimes the corruption could come in the form of some really muffled or distorted sounding audio that sounds like you're coming through the intercom at a train station or that your audio is being chopped up all over the place. But I've also seen some kind of funny results from this problem. And it has actually happened to me in some fairly embarrassing contexts. The audio sounded clean. There was no corruption in that sense. But what did happen a couple times is that I ended up sounding like a chipmunk or like I was on helium. Those who knew me well enough could tell something was off. And all it would have taken to fix that is simply to unplug and reconnect that digital audio interface, whether that's USB, Firewire, Thunderbolt, or something else like that. Try simply disconnecting it and reconnecting it if it's a digital audio interface, and that might fix the problem for you. You might need to double check that you're using then the right inputs and outputs in your software after you've done that, because it may then revert to whatever other device is available after you disconnect, but it might not switch back to your primary device when you reconnect it. Number four, keep enough free space on recording devices. 
Whether you're recording into your computer or an external device, make sure there's enough space on that device. If you have an external device, I suggest formatting the SD card or storage on that device every now and then to ensure that nothing is left over. There can be times when you delete something or you think you delete it, you really only send it to the trash or recycle bin on an SD card, and then when you eject that SD card and put it into your recorder, that file is still there on the card and it's still taking up space even though it's in the trash or recycle bin. On your computer, it's also important to keep the free space that if you're recording something onto your computer, then you need the free space for that in its uncompressed form. So don't think, oh, my podcast episode is only going to be 20 megabytes, so that's the only amount of free space I need is 20 megabytes. No, you might need 200 megabytes of free space. But really, it would be best if you have much more than that because computers use free hard drive space for many different tasks as a kind of virtual memory. And if you don't have any hard drive space, things can start crashing. Number five, ensure your input levels aren't too high. With digital audio, there is an actual ceiling that if you get above that, audio then gets clipped off. And when it gets clipped off, it sounds distorted. Yes, you may be able to kind of understand what's being said, but it sounds very harsh. Even if you drop the volume level after that, it still sounds harsh, piercing, somewhat painful to listen to. That can happen when you are too loud in your recording. It's always better to be too quiet than too loud in your recording. So make sure that your input levels aren't too high. And that could be anywhere in your audio chain. On your mixer, your input levels may be fine and you sound perfect coming through the mixer. But your audio recorder's input levels, whether that be your computer or an external audio device, may be way too high for that device depending on its design. So your recording then ends up corrupted because it recorded at a much too high volume level. Make sure you have that right volume level for things. Test, 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 and retest to ensure you get things right. Next, noise. Unwanted noise comes in many forms. You may be able to remove some noise in software. I really suggest you reduce it instead of trying to remove it. But it's really best to remove the noise before you record or at least reduce it before you press record. So here are some things to check. Number one, ambient background noise. This is very easy for podcasters because we are typically in noisy environments. So turn off what's making the noise, move away from what's making the noise, put things between your microphone and whatever is making that noise, or if nothing else, simply point your microphone away from that thing that's making the noise. These can reduce the noise or maybe even completely remove it if you can turn off whatever's making that noise. As podcasters, we might have the air conditioner running or heater running. If you really want a clean recording, consider turning off the heater or air conditioner while you're recording. That may not always be an option though. It could be some other appliance. It could be something else. Maybe your computer is making noise and you can't turn off your computer because you need that for podcasting. So that's where you have to do some of these other things to try to reduce that ambient background noise. Number two, constant hiss. Now, this is if that constant hiss is not from background noise in your environment. You know that you're in a nice, quiet environment. Your computer fan or heating or ventilation or anything else like that is not making noise, but you listen to your recording and you hear this constant in the background. There could be a couple things going on with this. 
Generally, this is related to a pre-amplifier, something that is processing that audio in some way. Some ways that you can work around this is get closer to your microphone. I recommend about a fist width away from the microphone and then turn down the gain, especially if you have cheaper equipment. It's better to turn down its input level so it's not having to work as hard to raise the audio signal and sensitivity from the microphone. It's a very similar thing when you're working with video or photography. If you're in a very dark environment, the camera has to work really hard in order to expose everything, and that's why you get really noisy, ugly-looking photos in dark environments. But if you get a lot of great light on your scene, then the camera doesn't have to work so hard. Then your photos and videos look much better. This is the secret to making great-looking webcam video. It's not an amazing web camera, although that can help a little bit. But it's really to have a lot of light. And then even a crappy camera can look great. So when you get closer to the microphone, you're giving more to the microphone to work with and not requiring it or your preamplifier to work as hard to raise that signal. You might also need to use quality equipment. Like I said, it goes back to the preamps inside of your equipment. The Zoom H4n, for example, as great of a recorder as it is, and I've used mine for many, many years, the XLR inputs on it aren't that good. They introduce constant hiss in the background. Regardless of what microphone you use, you get this constant sss in the background because the preamps aren't good. Now, they fix that in the Zoom H5, the Zoom H6, and the new Zoom H4n Pro. They have better preamps. That don't mean you're getting a louder signal. They mean you're getting a cleaner signal. So use quality equipment. And if you have low quality gear anywhere in your chain of audio, don't let that gear handle that preamplification and try and make that gear work as little as possible. For example, in my own chain of audio processing and pieces of gear, my computer has the worst audio input level processing of everything else in here. So there have been times when I've connected my professional gear to my computer and I would drop the computer input level all the way down to zero and then raise it up just barely a hair, just to the point that the computer could hear some audio. I let the professional equipment then do the audio processing and the computer do as little as possible. And that ensures then that I'm getting a cleaner recording instead of forcing the high quality equipment to do almost no processing and forcing the low quality equipment to do all of that great work. It's kind of like recording video in 4K or higher and then trying to watch it from a VHS tape, if you remember what those are. It diminishes the quality horrendously. So ensure that you're using high quality equipment as much as you can afford and you're using the right stuff for the right job and letting the right equipment do its job. Number three, humming, buzzing, or other strange interference. There are certain other kinds of interference that aren't really a hiss, but they are more electric in their sound. They could be a buzz. They could be you're hearing other voices in your recording. They are not spirits. Don't worry but they could be some kind of crossover with something else. It could be that you're hearing a buzz, like someone has a shaver in your microphone and that's running. It could be something that sounds like 
little blips in the background, very high-pitched whining or bouncing or different things like that. Usually, those kinds of problems are related to something electric in your setup. There's some kind of interference or some other electric circuitry sort of problem happening that is creating this extra noise in your recording. And I've run into this before too. Some ways that you can fix that are to keep your audio cables away from power cables. I had this problem even recently with all of my professional gear. I have my studio set up for only two people primarily, but I did a podcast episode where I had three people in the studio, so I had to bring out another microphone, run another mic cable. I moved some things around, and in that process, I didn't realize this until it was too late, that one of the co-hosts had their computer power cable draped across their microphone cable. So the result is whenever they spoke, because I have a compressor limiter gate doing some other things in the background, but in the audio, we got a constant buzz on their track. And it was because of an audio cable touching a power cable. Try to keep those things completely separate. I'm not saying that they have to be 20 feet apart, but make sure... If nothing else, make sure they're not touching each other. Keep them at least a few inches apart, but the farther apart, the better. You could also run into a problem with ground loop noise. And that can happen very easily for podcasters where we have a lot of different pieces of equipment in different locations. The general best way to resolve this problem or reduce it is to have everything that's connected to each other plugged into the same surge protector. This may mean that you need to upgrade your surge protector so that you have enough plugs on it, but this is really important so that you're not ending up with a ground loop noise, which could sound like a buzz or it could sound like something really high-pitched. You may even need to consider adding a ground loop isolator, or there's this other device that can solve a problem sometimes called a Hum X, and I have links to those in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash recording problems. These can reduce that interference that results simply by connecting things to each other. When you're trying to figure out where the interference is coming from, you may need to disconnect things and look at how stuff is connected together. My podcasting equipment is like spaghetti. I have things connected to other things, connected to other things, connected back to the first things and second things. It's a mess. It looks like spaghetti if I were to chart this all out. And so in my setup, as much as I have optimized things, have things plugged into a single surge protector and all of this, I still would get ground loop noise if I wasn't using a ground loop isolator. I have also seen issues that a Hum X resolved for me when I was using different power outlets, but by using the same single power outlet with the surge protector, I didn't need the Hum X anymore, but I do have links to those things in the show notes. The other thing to look for would be to move your equipment farther away from each other. I have a couple pieces of gear that I discovered I can't have them stacked on top of each other, which could be very easy to do in some kind of rack-mounted system. But if these were stacked on top of each other, even if they weren't touching, but they were simply close to each other, they were emitting some kind of electronic interference that corrupted the audio a little bit and introduced some noise. And I could hear the noise diminish when I moved those items physically farther away from each other. So you may need to consider that in your setup. It might not need to be feet. It might need to be simply a few inches apart from each other. 
And lastly, consider investing in higher quality gear, including your cables. There could be those instances where you're receiving radio interference and you can't move a radio tower. You may not be able to move a Wi-Fi network. You may not be able to move something that's in the office next to you or move away from other devices in your home or space. But you might be able to insulate from those by getting better quality gear, better cables, thicker cables, better connections that have a tighter connection that aren't susceptible to bumps and that kind of thing, or gear that is guarded against some of this stuff like ground loop noise or other things like that. These are some ways that you can reduce or remove that noise if you have that as a problem in your recording. Get those links that I mentioned in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash recording problems. And lastly, volume. If the audio is too loud, it will clip and distort. And if the audio is too quiet, then you may introduce more noise when you re-amplify that audio to the level where it needs to be. So as much as possible, Goldilocks, you need your audio to be just right and consistently just right. So here are some tips for getting consistent volume levels. Number one, learn good microphone technique. Stay a consistent distance from the microphone. But if you're one of those types of people who gets louder when you get more excited or maybe when you laugh, then try to build in good microphone technique by moving away from the microphone when you get louder so that you're not creating this really loud moment in your audio, but you can still be as naturally loud as you want to. Number two, watch volume meters when testing different sources. Have each host or sound source come through your system one at a time and look at the volume range. Try to make sure that everything is around that same volume level, and it's okay if there's some variation. There will be, but it is also important that if you're working with other people, that you try to get them in a natural state. So engage them in a conversation. Say something funny as you're watching your volume levels because I've seen this happen before where I'll say to someone, okay, give me some sample audio and they'll sit there and they'll be like, okay, well, today um, I just, I, I had some food for lunch. And then in your audio recording, they get really excited and they don't realize it, but they're projecting their voice much more and they're talking a lot louder and they're laughing louder. So try to get them in as natural of a state to ensure that you're looking at actual results on your volume meter. Number three, record test audio for review. It's really hard to mix your own voice with others' voices in real time because you'll hear yourself through your own headphones, through bone conduction, and other things like that. So recording will let you see and hear the actual differences and allow you to then tweak them as you need to. You may sound like you're the same volume level as your co-host, but you could be much louder or much quieter than they are, and that can present a problem in your recording. Number four, listen instead of looking. Loudness is more than the visual waveform, although it is generally a good representation of the loudness. But a highly compressed audio signal may look quieter than an uncompressed signal, but it could still be much louder. For example, Skype, Google Voice, Blab, a lot of things like that will do some compression on the audio. So you may see a very consistent but lower looking audio signal, 
but it will sound much louder than the rest of your audio. So listen for those differences. Generally, yes, if you see significant visual differences, that probably means there's a significant audio difference as well, but you need to listen for it. And number five, use proper measuring tools. I really recommend something that follows the proposed standard of LUFs, loudness units relative to full scale. There are free tools that can do this, such as R128X GUI for OS X and Orbin Loudness Meter for Windows, and I have the links to these in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash recording problems. Or use the tools in professional audio software to get these actual numbers. So you can put a number to how loud you are or how much variation there is in the loudness. I do have a complete video tutorial on a universal loudness normalization workflow that works on Windows and OS X, Audacity, GarageBand, any software that you're using, really. And that's available exclusively to members of Podcasters Society. So if you're interested in that, go over to podcasterssociety.com and join the society, and you'll find a lot more value there than just that one tutorial. But here are the things that you want to look for and to understand in some of these loudness tools. You'll see integrated loudness, which is measured in LUFs. That's the actual perceived volume level, kind of an average of it in your audio. Then you'll also see loudness range or LRA. That's the variation between your loud and quiet spots. And you'll see true peak or DBTP. And that is what is the actual micro sampled loudest moment of your audio and how loud does that get? Your ideal targets for these things are negative 19 LUFs for mono audio, or negative 16 LUFs for stereo. For the loudness range, I recommend under four loudness units, or that might be four decibels of loudness range, for spoken word. For music or sound effects, it's okay for that to be much bigger. And for the decibel true peak level, I recommend negative 1.0 decibels or lower than that any higher, and it might clip and cause some distortion. So these are some ways that you can solve your volume problems with your audio in some of the most common solutions to these common problems. So I've talked to you about solving your missing audio problems, your corrupted audio problems, your noise problems, and your volume problems. Yes, there might be other solutions to these. Yes, there might be many other problems other than these. And I'd love to hear from you in the comments on the show notes. What kinds of problems have you faced and how did you solve them? I may not be able to help you much in the comments, but perhaps you could help someone else. Perhaps you can share that great story of how you solved one of these problems or some kind of other recording problem. Please comment on the show notes for episode 273 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash recording problems. That's also where you can go to get the links and resources that I mentioned in the show notes for this episode. That's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash recording problems. Special thanks to Tim S. from Switzerland who reviewed the Audacity to Podcast in iTunes saying binge-worthy. Whether you've just started podcasting or are a seasoned podcaster, this show will bring you useful tips with depth, and humor. Thank you very much, Tim, for that kind review in iTunes. I really appreciate it. And I used mypodcastreviews.com, the premier tool to get all of your international iTunes and Stitcher and more podcast reviews automatically for you. That's at mypodcastreviews.com. Remember that Podcaster Society opens on July 1st, 2016. 
Join the waiting list now, though, if you're interested, and I'd love to see you inside the society. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.